Well, we've been doing a series on the blessed life. We finished it last week. And let me tell you, people are just saying, I am getting it. This is great. And God is using you and, and bringing blessing to you. And, and you're financing kingdom principles. And great things are happening. And things are turning around. Even when you don't see is like, you know, well, I tried it last week and I don't see any difference. Can I say when you put a seed in the ground... It's got to work its way up through the, you know, you don't see it working, but it's coming until it finally pops through the earth. You have to keep doing it. This isn't, this is just a heart issue. Remember, we're talking about the heart. But when we're talking about all of this, this is what the Lord put on my mind, because, and you know, this is true. When you start doing what's right, the enemy wants to get you to go back to the wrong. He wants to twist it. He wants to, to throw guilt at you. He wants to do everything he can to get you in your mind, because how many knows that's where the battle is? You don't need to pay that tithe today, and I don't want to even say pay, because you're not paying, you're, you're bringing, uh, uh, it's not giving, it's not yours, you're bringing it to the house. So, you know, the enemy wants to twist everything so that you've got to understand he wants to mess with you, because what does he do? He comes after the word that's sown in your heart. So, I want to preach today, I want to tell you some secrets on having a clear mind, and being blessed without guilt. Walking without guilt and having no head games. So when the enemy comes, you can be like Diana Ross and say, talk to the hand. <laughs> so you can do what you need to do. And uh, so we're, we're just believing God for, for great things. Today, we want to put the enemy out. How many want to put the enemy out? Okay, I'm telling you, if you don't want to put him out, you deserve what you tolerate. You want to let him mess with your mind, he'll mess with it all day long. He'll play badminton in there, tennis, volleyball. He'll do whatever he wants if you let him. You decide what you want to think on. You choose. So today we're going to put him out. I need some electricity in here today. I need some excitement today. (laughs) Okay, thank you, whoever first wooed. Yes, you started a chain reaction. All right. How many want to prosper? I don't want to just hear about it, and I don't want you to come, keep coming to a service. Your breakthrough's coming. Your breakthrough's coming. Woo-hoo! Hit this chair five times, run around the building. Yeah! I don't, you know, I, I want to do practical things that God has showed me that are proven laws to the kingdom that work. I don't have to wonder about them. You know, if I tell Kim to make one of her famous recipes, or I tell my sister, make your famous apple pie, I'm telling you, Jesus would eat that apple pie. If she ever makes apple pie, you better, I don't care if you're on a diet, you better freeze it, eat it, do something. Because she has the same ingredients. There's no question if she's baking that her children, or if my wife was cooking, that our children would be like, I wonder if that's going to be good. We don't even question that because we know the ingredients. We know the baker. You got to understand, if you put kingdom principles, you know who the creator is. You don't have to question whether they're going to work. It's kingdom law. It works. So I want to prosper. I'm going to give you some scripture right at the beginning so we can get into this. Colossians 3.23. I like this scripture. Whatever you do, turn to your neighbor and say whatever. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. (laughs) Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he'll receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Proverbs sixteen eleven. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. 
All the weights in the bag are his work. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I heard a story years ago when I was pastoring in Pickerington, and it was called America's Dumbest Criminals. True story. Man had attempted to siphon gas from a motorhome. When the police arrived, he was curled up in the fetal position. He had gotten more than he bargained for. He suctioned from the sewage tank instead of the gas tank. The owner of the vehicle didn't press charges saying, quote, it was the best laugh I've had in ages, unquote. <laughs> Just the word picture of that's not good. Uh, but many of us have been the victims of a thief. The eighth commandment is thou shalt not steal or you shall not steal. So stealing is, uh, is, this is what it is, taking something that's not yours, it belongs to somebody else. That's stealing. You need to teach your children, this is stealing. You can't borrow that if they don't know about it, because that's not borrowing. So, you know, here's some words that we use when referring to stealing. Theft, robbery, burglary, larceny, shoplifting, holdup, fraud, embezzlement, swindle, misappropriation of funds, cheating, poaching, pickpocket. Hijack. Hi, Sally. Hijack. <laughs> there are many ways for us to break the Eighth Commandment. Man walked into a bank, passed a note to the teller saying, This is a holdup. Give me all your cash. The teller responded saying, Straighten your tie, stupid. Your photograph's being taken right now. <laughs> Brett, why'd you share that story? I thought it was funny. But <laughs> we need to know that God sees stealing. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's he's uh, omnipresent. He's everywhere. He sees that. And he says, you shall not steal. So he's keeping a record of those that do. So how do we move ahead blessed without head games? How do we move ahead without guilt and, and, and just like, God, I want to do this, you know, without feeling bad? How do we go forward with a clear mind? How many in this place want to live blessed? I, I just challenge you, get happy in this place for five seconds right now. Can you do that? God, I want to be blessed. I want to walk so that people that don't know you see how your hand is on me. God wants to prosper you. He wants to start blessing you. But I'm telling you, as he starts blessing you, it is possible to feel guilty. Because the enemy will make sure of it if you let him. The devil doesn't want you to enjoy God's blessing. I had people that would come to our house at different times. And God took me to task on this. He actually corrected me on it. And, and they would come and, you know, oh, I want to see your house. You know, so I'd take them on the tour of our house. Not the house now. This is actually two houses ago. And, and I took them, and this is what I was doing. And, and you see on there, oh, what a beautiful dinette set. Well, we got that in a car wreck because we were in a car wreck, and that was the settlement, so we got that. And, you know, oh, that's so gorgeous. Well, we got that because that was a gift from her mom and dad. We got that. And, oh, and I made it, and, you know, I was trying to, explain why there here's the reason why you know we have something that looks nice you know it's just and trying to give all this and god i was grieving him he said what are you doing and i said oh i'm just telling them you know that you know i didn't do anything wrong to get this stuff i just this is what happened he's like quit explaining how i bring things to you i mean because in a bad thing we i didn't want to be in a wreck god didn't cause the wreck but out of that wreck we got a dining room table. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, but, but what he's saying is I want to bless you. 
quit. You don't have to explain to everybody. Let them just see, wow. Then I had another guy came in, and he was one. He's like, wow, man, I want to be a senior pastor. I'm like, dude, you ain't even getting it. It isn't about being a senior pastor. You can be a garbage. It doesn't matter. It's, it's about just walking in blessing. I don't have to explain so that I'm, I'm worried that you're going to think that I'm doing something else or, uh, or, you know, something's been wrong. No, 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 no. You can see what I have and just say, wow, man, God has blessed him. You have got it right. He has blessed me. Okay, so I want biblical prosperity and no strings. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want any head games. I want to be able to say so that people that don't know Jesus go, wow, how is it? I mean, it's not affecting you because I have a heavenly father that's bigger than what is going on around me. So I want to show you the right way to be blessed. And before we look at the right way, we're going to look at the wrong way. So I'm going to give you four things uh, not to be blessed, not (laughs) to walk in the way God wants you to. So here's number one dishonesty through dishonesty god demands fairness in every business deal the bible teaches us to give an honest price for an honest product don't swindle or cheat people not when you're buying not when you're selling the bible says god hates cheating dishonest scales we already read the scripture as the word puts it he delights in honesty false advertising today skips over small print you know you better read the small print i did uh you know, I was a youth pastor for years, and I remember putting up a banner that said, free 1965 Mustang, come on this day. But really, like, minuscule print said, feel free to come in or on a 1965 Mustang. But it was, the free was huge, and the Mustang was huge, but all the other part, and my whole purpose was that was you better read the small print. If you're not careful and you're in sales, you can begin to take on the philosophy of the world. Now, my son, my oldest son, Zach, uh, was a car salesman. Now, every car salesman is not bad. I've sold cars. It doesn't mean you have to be a swindler if you're a car salesman. So if you're a car salesman in here, you can be an honest car salesman. Okay? And you can do anything that God's called you to do and be honest. But he was a car salesman, and he was trying that because he wanted to make some more money. But what he felt was, and it was for a bigger company, he felt pressure to convince the people to buy a vehicle when he he just looked at all of their financial and he'd be like, Dad, they don't need that. They can't afford that. And they would be pushing him, you better make that sale. You better tell them this. You can tell them that. And there are some things that came across to us because we had bought in a car that were just not honest. And so I called the, I called the dealership on it. And the, the guy finally said, no, I had, you're right. And I said, you just lost my business, pal. I won't buy a car from you. Because if we have dishonesty, and Zach, he couldn't live with himself. He's like, I can't, I'm being forced to tell these people and make promises that I don't feel are right. So he said, what do I do? I said, what do you think you should do? He said, I should get out. I said, get out. So he did. And we would just commend him for that because he stood up for what was right. How about dishonest mechanics that do repair on people's cars? Charge them for things that they don't need. Or say that they replaced parts, but they didn't really replace the parts. But they charged you for it anyway. My grandma is with Jesus now, but she had a bathroom redone. My sister will remember this. She had a bathroom redone, and because she was a widow and a a senior, she got extremely taken advantage of. And the bathroom was just not, it was put together bad. 
was not good, and she paid a lot of money for something that was not even close to what it was worth. This is a form of stealing. If you can quote unnecessary parts or services and follow through on that, that's a form of stealing. Here's number two, through defrauding. So dishonesty, now defrauding. What is defrauding? The definition of it is illegally obtain money by deception. The IRS reports that tax evasion is in the hundreds of billions of dollars. And here's the excuse they give. Well, they make too much. They waste what they get. So I have the right to cheat on my taxes. There was told a man who was having trouble sleeping because he was cheating on his taxes. So he wrote a letter to the IRS and it said, I'm having trouble sleeping because I'm cheating on my taxes. Therefore, you'll find enclosed a hundred dollar bill. If this doesn't cure my insomnia, I'll send the rest later. (laughs) the bible says to to pay everyone what you owe them if you owe taxes pay them if your ship does come in the income tax department will be there to help you unload it people that will be like i played powerball it's 65 billion gazillion dollars i'm just telling you you already know taxes are like extreme of course when that's left you're still going to have a lot of money i'm not telling you to gamble i'm just saying pay taxes all right Give Caesar what's due Caesar and, and do that. So some employers exploit their, exploit their employees. This is a form of defrauding. They do it by not paying them what they should. The Bible says to pay your hired workers properly. And it's the employee's responsibility not to steal from the employer. Why is it most sick days are Fridays and Mondays? <laughs> One man used up all his sick days and said, I'm calling in dead. I'm saying bosses don't manipulate your employees employees don't take advantage of your bosses theft by employees taking supplies parts calling it job perks running up expense accounts small thefts add up to huge losses the biggest thief though is the time thief how little can I do and how much can I get paid for doing as little as I can get by with I mean think about it sometimes I've even heard more bosses say boy you know trying to find some even a a young person that just wants to work I know what minimum wage is, my friend. I know how that is. But just if you come, I don't care where you start, but if you put your hand to it and you work and you are there and you come early, stay late if needed, do your best, you get promoted quicker. You keep a good attitude and you do what you're supposed to do. Where do we find people that will work? Here comes number three, through downloading. We can't walk with a free mind and without guilt, if we're being dishonest, defrauding, and downloading illegally. We live in a technological world. Illegal downloading costs billions of dollars each year in the music industry, in the movie industry. Where you download that for free, it's not supposed to be free. You know, if it was you, you'd probably say, you can't do that. That's, that's how I make my living. You know, I have people that, and, and please understand, I'm just trying to tell you the word. Is that okay? I'm just saying if, you know, if, if in my household, say I buy a CD, you know, all right, then in my household, those that live in my household, I feel because it's in my household, I could make a copy for them because I bought it. They live with me. I think that's fine. Unless the copyright would stimulate, stimul- would, would stipulate differently. <laughs> Let me get that one out there real clear. Okay. Uh, but I don't have the legal right to make copies for all my friends and those that don't live in my household. 
I can tell them where to go. They can, kind of where to go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where you can go. Uh, you, you can go buy the CD, and this is where I found it, and you can go get it, you know, and do that kind of thing. Because it's integrity, my friends. You wouldn't walk out of Walmart with a DVD or a CD stuffed up under your shirt. I would hope not. Why would you do it online? Even if nobody's around, there ought to be a God radar or something that goes beep, 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 beep. My wife will say, my spidey sense is going off. Because <laughs> she has that mom thing that, you know, God's do something with moms. So she'll be like, mm. So your God radar ought to say, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Just back away from it and, and then let God show you. Because we don't do what we can get by with. You are what you do. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are what you do. You can say a lot, but it must be followed with action. If you go to McDonald's, that doesn't make you a Big Mac. If you're going out, sleeping around, getting drunk, etc., you can tell me all day long, you're this or you're that, but you are what you do. Here's number four, through defrauding, or defaulting, I'm sorry, we just did defrauding, through defaulting. That means not paying your debts. Don't walk blessed if you won't pay your debts. The Bible says don't let any outstanding debts go unpaid. The scripture says the wicked borrow and never repay. Are you borrowing money with no intention of giving it back? Maybe it's clothes, tools, books, whatever it is. If you're intending to never give them back, that's defaulting. The golden rule is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And it's wrong not to pay your bills. It's wrong to charge up stuff knowing all the while you're doing it. I'll never be able to repay it. But I'm just going to charge up because I don't know what else to do. I'm telling you, there's something else to do. And his name is God. And you need to just say, God, what do I do? Give me an idea. Give me a concept. Give me a way that you want me to pay this. How do you want me to do it? I want to do this honorably and let his favor work for you. So wrong ways to walk blessed, dishonesty, defrauding, downloading, and defaulting. So with all that, so how do we walk blessed? So we're going to give you four things on walking with a clear mind with no head games. I need some excitement in this place like we had in the beginning because you're going to help me preach, so I need some more excitement. Yeah. Hot diggity dog. Ooh, what you do to me? Here's number one. By working. Somebody should get excited about that. You want to start walking with a clear mind? Then work. Work. The Bible said work brings profit, but talk leads, leads to poverty. If you want to be blessed, quit expecting people to give you everything and work. I'm saying, man, when I was a kid, I'm telling you, when I was a kid, I could ask my dad for stuff. My sister will tell you, he didn't give it to us. No way. You want to do that, son? You go out and work. So in the winter, I shoveled walks. In the fall, I raked leaves. In the summer, I mowed yards. Help me, somebody. I mean, we decided, and I had to get a paper route. My first watch I bought with my own money. Now, you can say, well, that's wrong. Your dad's a taskmaster. No, my dad was not. My dad was trying to teach me work. The Bible says God will bless the work of our hands. Put them to use for what he tells you to do. What would happen to Jesus if it, when he told Peter, go fish, the first fish you catch, get that gold coin out of his mouth. What if Peter said, not going to do it? They would have been arrested for tax evasion. So Peter had to go and work and do what Jesus had told him. Work hard, put your hand to it. Work as unto the Lord. Do it with all your might. Find something that you're passionate with and work at it. And then what's great is if they pay you for it, that's best. 
Man, do something that you love and get paid for it. That's awesome. Pope John Paul was asked, how many people work in the Vatican? He replied, about half. (laughs) The dictionary is the only place you find the word success before the word work. God intends for us to work. Raising children at home is hard work if done right. 28 years, praise God! (laughs) Beware of laziness. Don't get mad at people because they won't give you what they worked hard to get. There's people that, oh, you know, just because you have it, they want it and they want it and you don't give it, they get mad. Make you feel guilty. It's called, here's a four-letter word for them, work. We exchange hours or time of our life, and then people can get mad when they don't get what they want. We need to work. We need to work. I'm amazed at how many people have opportunities, and they don't take advantage of them. When Kim and I got married, there weren't many full-time jobs out there. I had a full-time job at the fitness center. That was Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and then I had four part-time jobs, and she worked at Big Bear. I mean, we had name tags. Hi, how are you, Kim, Brett? Oh, good to meet you. Glad to know you. I mean, we were just passing each other, but we were working. And the one nice thing, at least, I got to go home and I got to cuddle with Kim. So it was good. Yes. Work. My point is, I was willing. Now, if I would know what I know now, how how the kingdom works, I could have maybe gotten a a different idea from God or another concept or something and maybe not had to do that because after a while, I was wearing myself out. I didn't know which I was coming or going. But God can do something for you if we listen and obey. It's hard to find people that will give a day's work for a day's pay. They expect so much and give so little. Beware of laziness. Turn to your neighbor and say, this one's for you. (laughs) the bible never condemns people who cannot work disabled people elderly people there's no condemnation there issues of different kinds that you know they're not they don't have the ability to work that's fine Uh, it prevents them from doing that but it does however condemn those who will not work the bible actually says if you won't work you won't eat god put adam in the Adam in the garden, and the first thing he did was give him a job. Work the garden, Adam. Work the garden. That was my, I felt like I was Adam, because that's my job when I was home. Work the yard, son. Work the yard. But that's what he told Adam, work the garden. Then he gave him a wife. Everybody say then. He gave him a job. Then he gave him a woman. No money, no honey. No job, no wife. If you're unemployed and you can't find a job or you're waiting to get hired, volunteer somewhere, help somebody, do something, get busy, get your mind. God, what do you want me to do? Do something. Don't just sit around and be a couch potato. Can I just say this? Wait goes on easy, but it's no fun to get off. Oh, can I get an amen for that? (laughs) Watch how God's laws work. If you sow, you reap. If you sow, you reap. If you sow, you reap. Here's number two. Well, by the way, God will bless. He will not bless stingy people, but he will. uh, And he will not bless lazy people, but he will bless people that follow him. Number two is by saving. The Bible says shortcuts lead to poverty, but hard work leads to prosperity. 
The Bible is full of saving and investing wisely, parables and stories, all kinds of things where Jesus is saying, here's this. Remember the parable of the talents. The talents were money. And he tells what this guy did and what this guy did and how they made more money and were given to what they could do. And then he talked about the guy that buried the one, if you remember. And he called him wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Here's what the Bible teaches. Make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Say that with me. Make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Number three, how do we walk blessed? No mind games, no head games, without guilt. We do it by praying. When you pray about your finances, you pray over them. They change kingdoms. We talked about that. God releases blessing over them. He has legal jurisdiction when you bring that to the Lord. And you you pray about that. You get your needs met. Wisdom on how to invest and what to save. Pray and ask God how to bless you, the work of your hands. Pray and believe that what you touch and put your hand to prospers. Pray for an idea or concept. Pray and ask him for success in your job. Pray and ask him for favor at your workplace. Pray and and ask him that you'll always be who he wants you to be. Pray and say, God, I put you on the throne room of my heart. Pray that you always put him first. I'm not praying as an excuse not to work and not to save, but how to work. And how to save. There's a big difference. I don't want to pray so God I don't have to do that. And I don't have to do this. I want to pray to say God if you don't want me to do that. What do you want me to do? So that I can do it and I can do it with all my heart. I can do it with passion. Don't you hate passionless people? Not the people but the passionless. Perfectly passionless people. Don't (laughs) prosper. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I just what, what would happen if we would all be passionate about God? We'd all be passionate about what he's called us to do. Here's number four, by giving. Remember Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He ripped people off, he overcharged them. When Jesus met him, he had a heart change. And he gave back four times what he had taken. Now, I heard this the other day, and I thought, how interesting. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And the Bible says that he climbed up in a, you guys are so good, climbed up in a sycamore. Now here, you know, this is one of the things, I'm just saying, one of the things that I loved and was most attracted to my wife was, is because she was little. She was petite, she was short. But you know, you talk about most people, if they're short, they're all like, I'm too short, everything's a reach for me. You know, can you get this cup? Sure. You know, they need help. They need that. Or they're always saying something. But let me say, Zacchaeus was, the Bible says he was a shorter man. But he climbed up. Now listen to me. God makes you how he makes you, doesn't he? That shortness became what got him to Jesus and what got Jesus to him. Because he couldn't see, so he got up where Jesus could see him. And Jesus said, come on down. Had he not done that because he was short, he would have not had this transformation. You need to understand, you quit denying how God's made you and start embracing it and start saying, God, how do I? That's just another message, but just thought I'd throw that out there. But he had a heart change. Notice that he said, I'm going to give back four times, four times what I've taken. And, and if you read the, the, the Bible, Jesus never told him that. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, I'd like to have a meeting with you. I think you need to give everybody four times. I'm, this is just, Zacchaeus just like, I'm giving everybody four. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. When you get around purity, it rubs off on you. You get around somebody that's walking with God, it rubs off on you. It does matter who you hang out with. 
It does matter who your kids are hanging with. It does matter who your homies ate. That was really, I worked hard at that. I practiced that one in the mirror. Ite. <laughs> I'm just saying, it does matter. You say, you know, I don't care. My kids, they'll, you know, it's, you, you need to care. And adults, you need to watch who you hang out with. I want to hang out with somebody where iron sharpens iron. I want to hang out with somebody that challenges me a little bit. And I got to do something. God, help me. I want to see where, I want to go where they've been. God, you want to take me on a journey? Then he's going to put people in your life that will help get you there. But you got to have a want to. You know, if you're guilty of stealing, you got three choices. Number one is deny it, which is lying. Then you break another commandment. Number two is deflect it, which could also get into lying. Not my fault. You started it. He did it. Number three is just dissolve it. Give it to God. Put it in the blood. Do what he tells you to do. Guilt is the corrosion of the soul. Should people cheat or steal God? Malachi says you do it by robbing God of tithes and offerings. Now, that's what God says. That's not what Brett says. It's not what another church says, another preacher. That's what God says. Our hearts should be so indebted to God that we would be so willing to say, that's the least I could do. You saved me from hell. You, you saved my children. You saved my house. You are my all in all. I bring you my tithe and offering because it's yours and I joyfully give it to you. I gladly support the kingdom of God through my local church. <laughs> There's a story of a man in an airport waiting on his flight. He buys a bag of donuts in an airport and a cup of coffee. And he goes to sit at a table and sit down, read his paper and to wait on his plane. There's a lady sitting in the middle of the table and there's a guy sitting at the other end of the table. So he goes to the one end of the table, <laughs> puts his coat on the back of his chair, sets his stuff down, his briefcase and stuff, sets it down, <clears throat> gets a donut out of the bag at the center of the table, sits down with his cup of coffee, starts drinking his coffee, eating his donut. The guy on the other end of the table stands up, reaches clear over, gets a donut out of the bag, pulls it towards him, sits down, starts eating his donut. And this guy says, that is a rude crude donut eating dude how how dare he and he gets back up he gets his own donut pulls the bag close to him gives him some body language like i hope you understand i don't like that starts eating his donut drinking his coffee the guy gets up reaches clear over pulls the bag back to the center smiles at him gets another donut sits back down the guy's like oh <gasps> oh He's almost afraid because he's like, how bold is this guy? He can't believe it. He, he gives him the back treatment. He's over there like, oh my gosh. God, you better just help me because I want to just come across that table and tear his eyes out. He's eating my donuts. Then the guy gets up and his flight must have came, so he leaves. And the guy that had got, you know, that sat down and watched the donut, he said, thank God the donut thief is gone. And then he hears flight 245, now boarding 245. So he gets up, puts his coat on his shoulder, gets his briefcase, and sees his bag of donuts. And he realized that one's not his donuts on the table. That guy was sharing his donuts. I came to tell you this morning, God has all the donuts. 
And sometimes you think, how rude. But he is trying to get things to you. And we think it is ours. It's not. That whole time that man thought that guy was stealing his donuts, it was not his donuts in the first place. I want to challenge you this morning to listen to God and say, God, I want to walk in a good way where I don't have head games. I don't, I'm not going to let the devil rob me of blessing. You know what? I like walking blessed and enjoying it at the same time. Because the enemy doesn't want you to enjoy. When God starts blessing, he wants to take that fun away from you. He wants to take that joy of just, man, you know you've been obedient. And he wants to take it away from you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please?